0: explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea. I'm a therapist and connector living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I've always believed that one of the most important things we can do as a human is sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat right here on this podcast. I listen to someone tell their story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and connection, and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you listen in at each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 47, I'm talking to Shannon Cohen. She is like no other. She says she has always been able to see the visibly invisible people. I mean, you guys, totally singing my song. I'm telling you right now, I have found it really hard to put her magic into a short intro, so you'll just have to listen to the whole podcast. But for starters, she hosts her own inspiring podcast called Tough Skin Soft Heart Podcast. I personally don't miss an episode. I really don't. Every single time I listen, I feel like I can take on that day with extra assurance and confidence and support. You'll hear it too, I promise. Go listen. She also has a line of merchandise that is so much more than gifts and cards. These are unique pieces that speak to the receiver's soul. I'm, and I'm not overstating this. It Each and every piece encourages them to shine their own specific light. They make perfect gifts for the entire year, not just for holiday time. She also speaks in venues large, and I'm talking real large, you guys and small, to let leaders know that they are people too, with feelings and spirits, to let teams know how to really see each other, and to let organizations know that true equity and inclusion is the only way forward. She is an absolute powerhouse. I love her so much. You will want to follow her right this second on Facebook and Instagram. You'll want to go to any event where Shannon is serving up her wisdom, All of those details are in the show notes, of course. So now is the time to slow down the holiday craziness, take a deep breath, and drink in my conversation with Shannon Cohen. Shannon, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad we finally made this happen.
1: I am too. Thank you for having me, Andrea. This
0: is a gift. Um... I feel like we could talk about one of the things that you do for five hours. (laughs) And you do a million things. So we could be here all week. Yes. Which would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It would be totally fun. So let's start with um, just whatever you want to say about your current work, your current place in life. Whatever you want to start with. A little intro.
1: Yeah. I think when I think about... Um, what you do with taking the middle seat, the mm-hmm. thing that I see so much synergy as we've gotten to know each other behind and beyond the mic yes. is um, with the work that I do with Tough Skin Soft Heart. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, much of which falls under Shannon Cohen, Inc., but probably some of the work that I am most proud of doing is consulting work for organizations that gets them to think about the connection between... The wellness of people, specifically the folks that are in mid to executive levels of leadership, yeah. and their bottom line, yeah, because um, turnover is expensive and leadership yeah. longevity does not come easy. So, what does that look like? Yeah, and then also just creating inspirational products, services, events, and even a product line that speaks into um, our souls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and you do all of that
0: really really well thank it's you. so thank cool so i have of course not experienced the like executive consulting part of things because that's not my line of work but the um I've heard you speak a couple of times and i definitely purchased your products yeah, um thank you So, yeah, the list of things that you do that I wrote down, so obviously you're a leader, difference maker, you talk about a lot, that you're called to the coaches, not necessarily to the athletes, so you're kind of moving and shaking in that leadership space, podcaster, which we will get to, Um, writer, and speaker, merchandise maker. I like that, (laughs) merchandise maker. (laughs) And survivor. Um, mm. I was just listening to your—I think it's the latest podcast mm. where you were talking about some tough things that you've gone through, and I'm sure that's the tip of the iceberg. Um, but you come—you always speak from a place of "I've been there," which I—I I think is part of your magic. People just see that in you—that like she's coming from a, a path that she's already walked. So let's start with one of these, maybe the podcaster, since that's kind of tip of mind, Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about, you know what, we're going to back up even more than that. Talk to me a little bit about baby Shannon. I love that baby Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) And where this, I mean, it's been a long journey, but kind of where you got the glimpse of, I'm going to own businesses and I'm going to lead, and I'm going to encourage. Was that from
1: the way back beginning, or did that
0: start at a particular time? Tell me about that person.
1: Yeah, I love that you said glimpse, because I think that um, in our childhood, we get glimpses of purpose, and I know that both of us being mamas, we can even see these glimpses of purpose in our children, where we don't know how it'll manifest, but I know that this either this quirky tendency or this gift that you have that this is all connected to something in the larger scale of what you're supposed to do so I think if I go back to baby Shan Mm -hmm. I have always been able to see people that were visibly invisible okay yes all the time I can go back to I could be playing I grew up in Detroit and I remember we would play on our block and I was always aware of who didn't have a toy or who wasn't playing or who wasn't invited to play. Yes. And so even though I kind of, I feel like I was that cool kid that just made it in, mm-hmm. but I always had a heart and a sensitivity to who didn't make it in or mm-hmm. who, who was right there in plain sight, but still rendered invisible for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that that wasn't a cool trait to have as a kid, right? Yeah. Because there's so much pressure to fit and to belong. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, wait, adults are just kids in bigger suits. And we all still need (laughs) to feel like we fit and belong. So I think that is always there. And when I was a child, my mother called me Sunshine is still her nickname for me. Uh And she said, because when I came, even when I was born, she said, I didn't cry. I came out smiling and smacking my lips. And so she's like. That has always been my family's nickname Or they even called me Sunny D Like Sunny Delight Because yes. that was a drink when I was Like <laughs> yes. as an 80s kid That was a real drink for beverage, for breakfast So I think there's been these glimpses That I was always someone um, That was kind of sunny side up In her demeanor as a child yeah. I always was really sensitive To people that were visibly invisible mm-hmm. I was always really brainy And really smart Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because I don't think it was until I was an adult. Like you couldn't be kind kids or nice people were considered to be unintelligent. Yeah. And you couldn't be really bright and gifted and smart and kind in the same place. It was yeah. like if you were nerdy, you there was a, these stereotypical yeah. images of what it meant to be nice or kind or nerdy or brainy and all of that. And I was all of that in one package. Yeah. Um, so I think those are some of the glimpses that I see. I never thought I would own a business Yeah, that was not an aspiration as a child, but my grandparents, growing up, my grandparents owned a business. They owned a collision shop on the west side of the city of Detroit on Puritan, and I came of age in a time where summer break was... Spending time with my grandparents. Sure. Yeah. And now that I look back, my grand—my grandfather was the heart of the business. So he was always, he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Very good with connecting with people mm-hmm. and just very warm. And my grandmother was the brains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was masterful. She was doing things that women, especially black women, just were not supposed to do. Yeah. And so I didn't even, it probably has been in the last 10 years that I've realized, huh, Those were internship summers that I was learning the front of the business, the external end user facing part Mm -hmm. of the business. But my grandmother taught me the back of the business yeah, and what it looked like to run books or have, you know, I remember her having supplier meetings and, and I'm like, gosh, I learned procurement and I was learning HR because at the height of their business, they employed about 15, mostly men that lived within walking distance, men that had survived Vietnam and have been impacted by Agent Orange so you know now we talk about employing people that are seemingly unemployable or marginalized folks and I'm like gosh you were steeped in that as yeah as a child and a early teenager
0: oh that's so interesting Mm -hmm. that you were just kind of breathing it in and I think that's probably how most kids come up I mean you're not like consciously thinking when you're 10 like Oh, this is interesting. Oh, right. grandma is sewing into me, or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but how powerful to have those recollections as an adult that you were just kind of swimming in all of that leadership and learning, and I love it. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that they called you Sunny and Sunshine and all that because you some at some point you got a, re- um, a realization that the outside can be sunny. But the inside isn't always matching that exterior, and oftentimes leaders have to put on that, oh, that happy face, Um, and somehow you knew, I'm guessing because it probably happened to you, that the inside doesn't always match that, and that that needs to be um, ministered to. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: do you know when that, did it come out of personal experience, or do you know kind of when you had that recollection, because I feel like that is what
1: you're always speaking to. Yeah, I'm like, uh... This is just my personal thing. I think that we do teenagers an in injustice, right? Like, I remember when it became mandatory to have service hours or, yes. you know, we talk about telling young people to be a leader. And yeah. I'm like, child, but we don't tell them that leadership will be lonely, that it oh, will yeah. hurt, that it will be one of the most rewarding things that you maybe ever give your life to is serving other human beings. But it is one of the painful it will bring some of the greatest highs and some of the darkest lows. Yeah. Can we talk about the underbelly of these service hours that I am mandated to get in yes. high school? And so, yeah, I think that part of what I love to do is rip off the covers yeah. of what it takes to do anything great and to be yeah. in service of anybody. If you're going to lead, love, or serve even yourself. hmm There are going to be painful places that come with that, and you must develop tough skin, and you have to protect the heart that draws you to what you do and what you feel passionate about.
0: Yeah, because very easily, I think it can become tough skin, tough heart. Yeah. And then...
1: You are no good to nobody, (laughs) right? right? You are. Those you meet people and it's like, why are they all? It's like they're stuck on bitter. Yeah, we all worked with someone, worked under someone, been in relationships with some folks, and you're like, when did you just get stuck on bitter? Right? And we don't understand where it comes from. And and before, no one was. We weren't talking. Yeah, with great transparency about that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. So do people come to you one-on-one as well as you go to larger groups? Like do people end up like hiring you as their like one-on-one coach? I don't remember if that's what you typically do. Yeah, I feel
1: like I get that question more and more now. But I think a lot of what I do from a consultant perspective is, you know, So this is the brainy girl side of me, which this is so good to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That we're in a connection economy. Like we used to be an agrarian society. Then we went to an industrial revolution. Then we used to talk about the creative class, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And then we went to a knowledge-based economy. And now what we're moving toward is a connection economy, that this is the feeling economy. So those brands and organizations and entities that will stay visible, valuable, and vocal moving forward, have to make connections to people. Mm -hmm. And it's not about just your expertise or the tough skills, it's about how you make me feel. It's the reason why you go to the grocery store and as you're checking out, they're like, was your cashier nice, you know? Was the (laughs) store clean, you know? They're asking all of these things that have absolutely nothing to do with food, but they know how there's this whole movement around the science of customer and consumer behavior connected to feelings. And so that's important, especially when we realize that now, because of the digital undivide, I can talk about your brand on Twitter, yeah, and decimate your mm-hmm. <laughs> dec- even if you're a big Real box quick. brand or big you know, a large brand, um, just because of how I feel. Yeah. yes. And so I think that moving to a connection economy and a feeling-based economy. Because emotional intelligence has been undervalued and underestimated for so long, oh yes. that so many leaders are like, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, Let no, alone no, no, don't teach other people. Yeah. And then when you have this whole concept of we're talking about things like workplace wellness and yeah. mental health, and the and, you know mental health is being this most important conversation. And we you know Gallup came out with a study that said eight out of ten Americans. Are stressed due to crisis risk and disruption every day, mm-hmm. so we think about that um, organizations are saying like people are showing up to work, but if they're not here, their bodies are here, yeah. but they're not here yeah. um, how do we we you know we we're taught to compartmentalize or emotionally tuck and stuff, but it's showing up in our work so yeah. There's this whole space of we see it, we know it, but we don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that has become a sweet spot um, for me to go into organizations and kind of have that conversation.
0: Yeah. I can imagine they're just like what in the world right. or, what do we have to do or like it mm-hmm. feels like another thing you know mm-hmm. like we have this great product or whatever we're doing and like really we have to create mm-hmm. this amazing culture and make mm-hmm. everyone mentally well and like Ugh, that could feel like a big mm-hmm. um, burden and not recognizing how that can serve them
1: yeah, it's like we need yeah. to, we're talking feelings at work yeah we never talked feelings no. I mean even if we think about our grandparents I think all the time I remember when my uncle, he had come home, he had gotten a job with the state of Michigan Mm -hmm. and he had gotten a company car. Mm -hmm. And it was a Yugo I know Mm -hmm. not every listener will remember Google what a Yugo looked like (laughs) It was this itty bitty bitty international car It had like a state of Michigan logo on the side (laughs) And literally my grandparents called together Our entire family So it were like 35 people over at my grandparents While we took Polaroid pictures Of my uncle in front of his State issued (laughs) Yugo Because it was like you've arrived Like that was workplace happiness (laughs) They are paying you a check and you have health insurance, and you got a company card. like yeah. hashtag winning. Yeah, so you've made it. You're you've done. You've made it. Who cares if you're well in the process? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, we've seen the generational trauma. I think of that stuffing and ignoring and all of that. Um, you know, you know. In my work, yeah, I have now. Um, when I see. Th- A lot of women, but also also especially men, I feel like, Mm. that um, just have no clue how to access their mental health feelings, Mm. anything. They're just like, I don't even understand that language. So Mm. I love, I just love that you're disrupting and leading in this area. I think it's
1: amazing. I love some of the things that you said, Andrea, about your work, which is, um, and I know you can serve anybody. I feel like you are a superhero social worker, Um, (laughs) but you you. are. But I think, you know, in some of our conversations, so many of us, especially as women, we know how to be high functioning, even when we're not all right.
0: Yeah.
1: I know that how to be there. Mm -hmm. Like I can still deliver metrics. I can still slay. I can still deliver outcomes. And you will never know that I spent 20 minutes crying in my car. Yes. Or that I'm battling some invisible pain and I've been carrying it in my body because I won't get slowed down long enough to go get it checked out. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like both of us feel called to that in that space to say, like, hold up. Like, Mm -hmm. our humanity and the value that we bring is not just the work of our hands. It doesn't start there. It is the value that is inherently and intrinsically connected to who we are. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not all right... I can't do well in the earth long term, very mm-hmm. long.
0: Yeah, it's gonna show up somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. So absolutely. when you ask me about painful places, you know, I lost my grandmother when I was fourteen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, my grandmother. I tease. I say this all the time. My grandmother had a pager back when only <laughs> drug dealers and doctors had pagers. Like she, oh. that was Marie, um, <laughs> who I'm named after her. So I. I'm named after her. So I realized just even recently, um, every birthday, I think you go into a reflection. So my birthday's in a few, few days. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandmother passed away on the couch of a friend that she had gone over. Mm-hmm. The friend had been in the hospital and she had come home. And so my grandmother toggled between businesswoman extraordinaire, but she was also yeah. pastor's wife. So she had cooked.
0: Taking food to
1: this friend, kind of helped bathe her, put her in the bed, ignoring that my grandmother was having internal bleeding in her own body.
0: Yes.
1: And so after she got the friend situated in bed with her food, my grandmother sat on her couch and she passed away at 59. Wow. And so there is not a day that I don't think about that. There's not a day... That I don't miss her There's not a day that I don't realize That she left here prematurely yeah. Because she was so externally facing That she never took care of herself So when people ask me Where does the content for Tough Skin, Soft Heart Come from, I'm like It is a bit of my soul yes. the earth. It is a bit of me trying to figure out How do I take the resilience of women That have come before me Yes, But how do I also honor The ugly underbelly that their sacrifices has resulted in them dying prematurely or not being well as they were um, Difference makers in the spaces that they were planted and and that is a check. I have to do every day. Yeah, probably multiple times a day. Yeah Yeah, for sure
0: because you see it around you Especially I'm sure in women of color that it's Mm -hmm. just it's almost a requirement of society That is placed on you and them Mm -hmm. um and you continue to see women dying prematurely in mm-hmm. um, men. Um, yeah. And to keep going in that space and being mm-hmm. that kind of bright light for those women around you, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your, like how you literally do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do like some of those practical things that I think you do tend to share on your podcast and your writing, like the things that literally help you focus inward and take care of yourself and remember every day that you need to be okay before you can pour into other people Um, because I think that's what people love is like the actual what do you do Shannon (laughs) Just keep going you know yeah.
1: I think one of the things I've had to learn when we talk especially about as as women of color um, Reframing emotions not as weakness but as indicators. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. They are indicators. I think emotions are indicators, like our cars. Our bodies are a system.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, we when it comes to our car, when a check engine light comes on or a check oil light comes on the, or the gas light, we don't say bad car. You know, <laughs> weak car. We don't. <laughs> right. We Set say it the, up car. Right. Yes. It's like oh, my car is trying to tell me something in prevention. Yes. So that I'm not spend, spending a billion dollars in treatment. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which And so what happens, like we do with our cars, our cars are built in with these diagnostic indicators to let us know when something's not right. Mm-hmm. And all of us know what it's like to press snooze on it. I'll get to it later. Oh, I'll keep riding. Mm-hmm. Even when my check, like my gas light comes on, oh, I have another 15 miles. Mm-hmm. Right? And many of us also know what it's like to be stranded uh-huh. and have to call AAA or pay a whole lot of money. Yep. So I think, you know, I'm always inviting people that um, that I meet or I have an opportunity to speak to organizations or people in the tough skin, soft heart tribe to say, reclaim, reimagine that your emotions are indicators. Mm -hmm. And they are part of your body's naturally hardwired diagnostic system Mm -hmm. to tell you something's not all right. Yeah. I even like to say that tears are our body's AC system. Mm-hmm. So tears is a way to so that you don't combust from the heat of what what may be going on in your life. Yeah. So when we start to think about our emotions as indicators mm-hmm. and that our bodies are systems mm-hmm. and that these indicators are designed to help us to, they're this diagnostic prevention system or awareness system that something's not in alignment, mm-hmm. then we need, to, we need to honor that. hmm if we do it with cars, we do it with computers, we do it with all of these inanimate things mm-hmm. and objects, but we won't do it with the, our own souls and yeah. our own bodies. And I think once we get in tune with doing that, then we can slow down and say, okay, let me do a deeper diagnostics. So when those lights come on, what do we do? Yeah. We slow down, okay. Because we understand that you can't assess something that's moving at a fast pace. We don't, they don't hook our cars up while they're driving. They, right. We have to stop. And kind of, okay, let me go to the dealership today or let me go do this. Yeah. So I think often I um, I love to encourage people to protect a part of the day, either the cool of the day or the cool down of the day. When you have some moment, bathroom moments of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this with another woman. Yeah. I was doing a training for um, Kent County and she was like, I have no time. I'm like, the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be your sacred space. Like, real yeah. talk. Like, the bathroom is like a perfect time. You go multiple times a day. Yeah. That's a perfect heat check diagnostic head to toe. Where are we? What do I need? And so I think we have to reclaim the question of how are you? We ask everybody else every day. Mm -hmm. We do not intentionally often ask ourselves. Yeah. And then I always think that the part B of that question is what do I need in order to be well? Yes. Because the problem and the solution often lie within the same system. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so there have been, I try to do that often. I try to create a space in the day. And every day is not good because I'll talk about that too. Right. You know, but. Yeah. I try to say, Shan, like, how are you today? Diagnostic head to toe. And I think part of why we need to do that is because, you know, what I have found, especially with women, is they like, what area of my life? Because if you're asking me how I feel about my hair today, mm-hmm. or if you're asking me how right. I feel about finances, or if you're asking me for how I feel about the relationship I'm in, or these kids, or whatever, yep. you know, I have different responses to each one. And I'm like, you choose. Yeah. Yes. You choose, right? Um, because sometimes with our car, it's not just one thing going wrong. It's yep. <laughs> multiple things, possibly. Yeah. So I think um, checking in and say, what do I need? Like, how am I doing? And then asking that, like, what do I need in order to be well? Yeah. And um, I have found that to be such a healing process in my
0: life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another thing that you are great at exemplifying and teaching, um, so connecting to yourself but then also connecting with other women and uh, making genuine communities um, kind of literally and figuratively um, so you have you created I think several <laughs> kind of groups of places where people can plug in um, so you you helped found sisters who lead mm-hmm. right um, and you have you just had a Rockstar women. Luncheon,
1: mm-hmm, dinner, or brunch. brunch, yes, thank you.
0: Yes. Um, so with those, and you have the Tavskin Soft Tart, That's an online community, mm-hmm. right? Um, talk a little bit about how you create those communities with intention. Um, what you what you think about when you get a bunch of women in a room? What you hope for? That kind of thing, because I think that's another place where people struggle. They might be sitting in a room. With a bunch of women, and feel the loneliest they've felt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, speak to that a little bit.
1: So I know that as, you know we used to get teased. Women used to get teased as being the gender that can go to the bathroom together. Like we'll yeah. go to the bathroom in a pack. We'll it's talk the, while we use the bathroom, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know my husband's always like, I don't understand that, but I'm like, it's part <laughs> of our magic. It's just how we roll. Yeah. And so I think that same ability. I have found that when women have tried to take that into those same modalities of operation, which is really part of our—it's a strength, it's not a deficit—into mm-hmm. the workplace, it's been treated like it's a deficit or mm-hmm. liability. And I'm like, no, let's reclaim that. Yeah, um, that we can do that in real time. That we can talk in the span of five minutes about makeup, children, the state of the economy. Yeah, you know, politics, and give you a referral to you know, like yes. we can do all of that in five minutes. Yes. And so. Um, I think that's that's part of our magic. I think Mm -hmm. the challenge comes, especially when I think about a West Michigan setting, Mm -hmm. is that sometimes that uh, I've gone into spaces with the fullness of my identity, Mm -hmm. you know, being a black woman, and I have been wallflowered. Yeah. Because there is no one that looks like me or there seems to be preset tribes and connection points. And that is very lonely. And so I think those experiences and the connection to being someone that even as a child I've always been aware of who's visibly invisible yeah like whenever I go into a space and I feel so comfortable I have taught myself to look for who doesn't feel comfortable
0: yeah yeah
1: and I think that anybody that's committed to equity work or anyone that's committed to doing what you so artfully say, taking the middle seat. I was even looking at your logo again today and how the middle seat is orange. I'm like, I just love everything about this because I think what our humanity and what the world needs right now is more people sitting in that middle seat with suspending judgment, willing to take the awkward first step, willing to come out of their comfort zones to say, you know what? I want to be in community with everybody who calls this community home. Yes, and not just folks that look like me, believe like me, think like me. And I'll be a better person as I do that. And I'll be able to create with more intention and intentionality, a better world in the spaces that I'm planted when I do that. And mm-hmm. so I think that a lot of my life has been that, like, what does it look like to take the middle seat here? What does mm-hmm. it look like to create spaces where, and you know, where it's inclusive, not just in word, but in deeds. So even yes. with the rockstar woman brunch, I didn't do assigned seating. Yeah. You know how you go to those events and you're hoping that you know somebody at the table? Like, right. there's so much anxiety to go to women empowerment events or professional networking events or whatever. Um, that so many women wrote me after the brunch saying, You have no clue how much, how warm that made me feel that I didn't have to search or is this seat taken? You know, yeah. that it's just, we did, instead of assigned seating, we sent out something early on that said we did inclusive seating. Like, Any seat you see is the seat for you. Uh, And I can't claim that idea. That idea came from CurvyCon, which we've talked about. So that that has has an idea and how they've curated CurvyCon in that space. And so um, I think that just inclusive design is so important. Mm -hmm. Even with the the event, I was like, wear Netflix and chill gear. Like sometimes clothing creates barriers because if I don't feel like I have... The clothing mm-hmm. to be in this space, I won't go. Yeah, yes. I won't go if I can't, you know. And so I'm like, nope, really, this is, is more than come as you are, it's relax and yes. be. Yeah, whatever you are. Yes, is whatever fine. you are is fine. Yes. Yes. And you saw the gamut of, of folks being able to do that. Um, so, because I think clothing is even armor, it's some of yes. the armor and the walls that we put up. And so, um, I don't. I think creating spaces where people feel radically accepted, not just I fit and I belong, but I love the concept of radical hospitality. Like, Yes. I, I, that's in my soul too from where I come from. Mm-hmm. I always tease and tell my husband like, if nothing else works, we could start a bed and breakfast because right. I think I would slay at that. And he's, yes. like, he's like, nope, because I would become, like, maintenance. So he is, <laughs> he is not a fan, but maybe that is down the line. Like, I would love to – because I love spaces yes. of radical hospitality. Yes. like, gosh, you know, I didn't know anyone, but everybody acted like I was glad I came. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I grew up watching, like, Cheers in the right. 80s or some of that, <laughs> but I do – I – I love spaces of radical hospitality, yeah. and that, that is something that people start to feel from anything that I'm a part of. I'm like, I, job well done.
0: Yeah. And they'll notice. I mean, the, the the places that have that, it's so apparent because we are always in spaces that don't have that. Right.
1: <laughs> yes. And
0: so I was just at two conferences back-to-back and out-of-state and at the professional conferences and the one... Um, it was such a juxtaposition of one that was like full on radical hospitality mm. and the other one that was really, really, really not. Um, and they did exactly what you're talking about. They told us explicitly what to wear. They said, just wear comfy clothes. This is, you don't need to bring your professional mask. Mm. Um, they had different seating. So you could sit on a thing on the floor, you could lay down there were pillows there was regular chairs there was tables not tables whatever you could choose whatever felt right to you at the time they had coloring stuff so if you were like just you'd had it with the professional whatever we were talking about you could color for a minute they had books to journal in like the whole thing top to bottom they had pronoun pins they had um there were specific lunches that we would all eat together but they had rooms for um, affinity spaces so that people that were people of color or trans or whatever could rest from the like having to put on a mask for the whole group and it was just bananas wonderful and conversely the other conference was like the opposite of all that but um, so just being able to drink in that kind of a space for five days solid I just took away like oh my gosh this is how I want people to feel and I know that that's what people feel and they are entering into your space then they go they leave and they take that with them and they
1: make the rest of their people feel like that and I love it yeah I think radical hospitality is contagious when you Mm -hmm. describe it I'm like that sounds amazing and I Mm -hmm. think the truth is, is that we're all progressively going in that space because there is you know I think one of the things that I read something recently and it said, you know, complete empathy is not possible Mm -hmm. because you can't step into someone else's shoes. But you can grow with intention to every day, progressively becoming more empathetic by letting people tell you what they need and believing them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so I just think that um, I'm constantly in a space of learning um, and growing in my own blind spots and how do we. Create spaces where people don't um, have to call themselves out. I'll give you a prime example. I was speaking at U of M like a week ago, and the sound engineer said something to me. He said, Shannon, when you take questions and answers, mm-hmm. will you please use the mic? Don't ask people, don't let people say, Can you hear me? Yeah. He said, Because that we know that there may be people in the room that have visual impairments. And that puts the onus on them to out themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, thank you for helping me level up in this moment. Because I've been to those yeah. events where somebody's like, oh, I can talk loud. Wait, I don't need the mic. Yes. And because I can hear, mm-hmm. I don't question. Yes. And a friend of mine said, yeah, now when I go to events and folks say, can you hear? I always say no, even though she can. Yeah. Because she's like, I don't want the person that has to out themselves to have to say something. Yes. So I think I'm always growing. That just yeah. happened last week and I'm growing. So I'm like, now every time I do something, mm-hmm. that's gonna be how I, I go. I go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think we have to constantly be learning. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love when you said,
0: ask people what they need and then believe them.
1: Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I think that's
0: huge. So I want to be very specific about things that you do so that people understand like the ways that they can connect to your magic and wonderfulness. Um, so you are a consultant for businesses, you're a speaker for all sorts of things. Like people can look on the website and there's, it's pretty clear, like the things that you can speak on, but I feel like you could speak on anything. Oh, but
1: Thank you for that. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> your podcast is just fantastic. I listen to every single episode and like you said in the, I think the first episode, it's just, it's short. So 15, 20 minutes. And it does just make you feel like you've been filled up. Like I can like I can take on yes. this day.
1: <laughs> I wish they could see your day as well. Yes. this would be a
0: video video podcast. Um so it's just like it just fills my well. Mm. And I'm not I I wanna say too, like it's not just for CEOs. It is for CEOs and leaders at the top of everything. But I'm not a CEO. And I find absolute wisdom in every single episode. So I want it's super accessible, I think, is what I want to say. It
1: like is. That. I think, I don't know what happened. Where did it happen that we start <laughs> to think that leadership was a title? Yes. I think leadership is influence and everybody has influence, which is why I've even shifted in spaces in my work to Difference Maker because in corporate yeah. settings, they're like, oh, well, they're not a ma- in men management. They're just the staff. I'm like, no, yeah. they're a leader because they have influence, yes. right? Everybody's position does not always to know influence and influence doesn't need a position mm-hmm. so i think that's important so yeah i think um the podcast is i call it the inspirational granola bar yes or <laughs> an encouragement protein shake for your soul <laughs> um and i just want to i have to publicly just say thank you because when i was thinking about starting a podcast mm-hmm. you were so willing to share what you knew because i knew nothing i'm still feeling like i'm still learning like i Cringe at the early episodes. I feel like I'm getting better with each progressive one. Getting more comfortable in my own skin in that space. But there are a lot of women that withhold what they know. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I'm so grateful that you were like, I, heck yeah, I want to be a co-conspirator with you, yes. to like start a podcast. I just needed to publicly say that. Uh, Thank you so much. Well, wow. I
0: am so humbled when Thank you so asked grateful. me to like talk about podcasting. I was like, oh, someone thinks I'm a podcaster. Well, yes. That's cute. yes, you yes, I are. have a podcast, <laughs> but like, I just, I don't know, you know, we figure it out together, and I love that. Um, you are a writer. Your little book. I think, I don't really remember where you came on my radar screen, but I think it was that little book, Mm -hmm. the tough skin, soft heart book that is kind of like the podcast in Mm -hmm. that it's like these little granola bars for your day um, that you can read like like a devotion or a whatever, uh, just work it into your little fabric of your self-care routine, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's fantastic and they can get that on your website as well.
1: Right. Yes. Okay. No shame, encouragement. Because how many times have we started a book and we didn't finish? And people say, "Oh, did you read this?" And you're like, "Oh, the (laughs) walk of shame." So I am always thinking that my audience are folks that maybe have 15 minutes max to pour into themselves because they. I'd rather you go from. For many of them, it's been non-existent. Yeah. So to give 15 minutes, is like I'm doing a big deal. Yeah. So I'm always thinking about what can I give that would energize somebody's soul in 15 minutes or less. Think about like that. Scan and pay. Like yes. how do I pour into myself before I'm going to spend the rest of my day pouring into other people? Yeah. So yeah, the podcast is an extension of the book. I like to say it's like the never ending book club. Yes. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 The book club that people will actually read the book, mm-hmm. um, listen to the podcast, So we talked about speaker, podcaster, writer. The merchandise you have is just killer. It's so fantastic. And it has made me send cards again. My mom is a card sender. She sends like oh. a stack, like a <laughs> inch and a half stack every weekend to she's like a birthday rememberer and an anniversary rememberer and all that. Um and has been forever. So she always has cards. So I'm forever like, "Mom, do you have a birthday card?" Not cuz she lives with us. Um and of course she always has one. But your cards speak to like this way of connecting with my women friends that like Uh, that's the exact card I needed for that particular thing. And the one I love the most, the very most, and I'm sure this will change with new cards, but the girl, you have greatness in your bones. Mm, Thank you. I mean, people need to hear that.
1: Every day. Every (laughs) Every day. day. Because we hear everything that we are not Yes, every day. And so can I just like low-key shout out how great you are? and, And I think that... You know, I think when people often ask me about the difference between emotional health and mental health, and I think what I do is in the emotional health, because your emotional health can change with a phone call. Yes. With a text. With the headline. Yeah. You know, have you ever yes. woken up and having a great day? You pick up your phone and you read something on social media or you read a post or you turn on the news too soon and you feel like it just wrecked the mood. Yes. So I think different stressors and triggers happen in our day or you run, you see somebody at the grocery store and they've been a, it's been a painful interaction with that person. Yes. I mean, so many things, our emotions in a day. Yeah. Fluctuate mm-hmm. with lived experience. And so I love creating inspirational products that people can place in their homes at work mm-hmm. on a steering wheel you know wherever you need to see encouragement every day wherever you would go mm-hmm. um, because we need it we need it we need soul food for our souls yes. just like we need physical food
0: yes yeah so there's cards there's mugs there's journals mm-hmm. there's postcards what am i missing
1: yeah we do we've just started getting into clothing period oh my like, yeah i absolutely so, yeah. <laughs> have
0: I need to put the sweatshirt. I don't think it's on the website right now. Yeah, no. But I hope it's coming back. Um, It's got to be on my Christmas list. Yeah, Because it's my favorite. that favorite saying, the girl you have greatness in your Mm -hmm. bones sweatshirt. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I did notice you had a special one at your event, the rainbow one. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think
1: so many people have been liking it. I'm like, really? That happened by accident. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe that will be something that we might do just as a limited edition, because you were probably, like, I had two women come up to me, like, at one time, like, so, when is that one coming out? But I'm like, I wasn't going to come out, but I, I love that. I love that. I think what I love more about the clothing is, I love the stories when someone says, I was just walking through TJ Maxx, mm-hmm. and I had on my sweatshirt, and a woman saw me, and we both screamed and yes. talked to each other, and that, it builds camaraderie through yeah. clothing and yeah. I think I'm really excited to explore that more in 2020 yeah yeah
0: oh I'm excited for you to explore mm. that more too I'm all <laughs> for that. yes yay um yeah when I saw that rainbow one I was like she I love that I I thought maybe you were just like like keep that for yourself keep that mm. little little rainbow just for you that sweatshirt is like the mm. most magical and just you know if it's only for you that is 100% fine
1: Cause yeah. you're but I'm remote. like, I love, I'm like, I love, that I never, it really happened because an error happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as a of business course. owner, you already know, like, there was a fire. We had to figure it out. Yep. And in the, sometimes in our bloopers. Yes. <laughs> come the magic. So I'm totally taking this in. I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: so w- am I missing anything upcoming, important that we need to talk about before I wrap up with a few questions? Mm, no. I don't okay. think so so I ask everyone these questions at the end of my episodes um, the first one we have been talking about through this whole thing but maybe you have some last little thoughts on it how do people if they are looking for a deeper connection or community what is maybe one other thought you have on how to do that um, to make that more kind of a genuine
1: experience in their lives you know I I go back to this I think that this morning I was reminded, when I looked at your logo, mm-hmm. of just how powerful it is when we suspend judgment and we have conversations with people. Yeah, I think sometimes we, I wish almost there was a microphone so we could hear our internal self-talk yeah. as, as loud as we hear what comes out of our mouths, yeah. and we talk ourselves out of connecting with people or engaging with people just having a conversation we you know there's data that says we make seven judgments in the first 11 seconds of meeting people as human beings you know when you think about unconscious bias or implicit bias i think that one of the most humanly savvy things we can do as human beings is to give people the courtesy of conversation again yeah I remember this summer we went for a walk together yes. and I'm like I love that it has become something that I treasured that space of just being able to talk and we talked about dreams and now we're walking yes. in and seeing you go to things I'm like oh we talked about that months ago and just I think there's just something special about giving people the gift of conversation and the gift of time
0: yeah um,
1: those are sometimes more precious than you know objects because yeah. time is so precious and and so I think that, I wonder what would happen if we start to do that more with one another. Yeah. And suspend judgment and come with genuine curiosity. Not yes. nosiness, because there's a difference. Yeah. But <laughs> genuine curiosity. Yes. And um, yeah. I love that.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I think even the cards that you um, make, it, it kind of signifies time spent. Because you know someone sat with that card and opened it and found a pen and wrote it down and sealed it up and sent it out. And um, so I love that it's like, it's a walk. It might be three hours together crying on the couch. Or it can be a little signifier that some time was spent Mm -hmm. thinking about someone. Love it. So if someone saw a list of your many roles and titles and accomplishments... Degrees and all those things—they just saw a list of that with your name at the top. What would they be missing? What's an, uh, maybe an important thing that's not there?
1: Um, I think if people saw like degrees, titles, roles, accolades, they would be missing that. None of that defines who I am. Mm-hmm. I have lived long enough to know that those those things can go they don't mean anything mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like uh what was hot yesterday is yeah. invisible today I think that I've learned to not put my trust or my identity in those things yeah um, but to and really you know there's a John Maxwell quote I like and he says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care yeah and that is one that I do I do believe firmly like None of that matters if I was acting crazy yeah. or hurt your feelings or, you know, right. said something that was, was injurious, you wouldn't give a hoot about any of that stuff. So yeah. I think I am learning, especially as I look at my son, that people remember the memories in their experiences with you, their encounters with you. Yeah. Um, I think is why you know there's ties to connection economy stuff in that too with with businesses like I remember my like you might be more expensive, but you make me feel great when I'm there and the service, and I'm willing to pay a few more dollars because of how you make me feel, so I think I try to focus on um well, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong that there has been work to with the titles and accolades and stuff I don't I think if I remember as being a person that was greeted people with radical hospitality that yeah. I was teachable yeah that I was not I was able to see my own flaws with the same intensity that I think mm-hmm. I see flaws in other people like good character stuff yeah. you know I was just yeah. telling my son the other day I said people don't care I said it doesn't matter how smart you are yeah if you don't have any character Mm-hmm. yes and I think that is important to me like I could be smart, but if I don't have any character, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, for sure. Awesome.
0: Um, are there spaces where you feel completely seen and heard
1: for the whole of Shannon? And what are those spaces like? Yeah, so one of the spaces has been new. My husband keeps telling me, he's like, they're going to need to have you as a brand ambassador. I love using Marco Polo, the app. Marco Polo? I love Marco Polo. Okay, so then I need to connect with you on Marco Polo. Because I'm like, all my friends move at the speed of light. But we live apart from one another. And so... With Marco Polo or, you know, I have friends in different stages of parenting or they're not parenting and you know, all of that. Yes. So I can send something at 2 a.m. or I can send something while I'm driving. And, yeah. you know, and I just love that we can see each other. We can like, yeah. we can talk in emoji. We can now record like that is creating community with friends that I have, especially mm-hmm. that I'm separated by geographic yes. distance. That it makes them it makes me still feel like we still live in the same place. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that I'm looking, I'm seeing people in my Marco Polo. I'm not like the people that I have are in Marco Polo are people that I'm like, gosh, I just love being connected with this person, and yeah. um, I look forward when I get a message. I'm looking forward to listening, and mm-hmm. it's people I can talk about the 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 mountaintop moments and the valleys with. Yes. And um and that's important. Yeah. That's important.
0: Yeah. There is some magic in seeing seeing people's faces. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's mm-hmm. a um my one of my very best friends lives in Detroit and I think our we've always been close, but because of Marco Polo we talk every single day and we never did. We've known each other for
1: mm-hmm. twenty five years.
0: And um, it has, like, single-handedly, like, made, made us feel so much closer. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my one of my sisters, we often. I mean, it's just that magic of just seeing the expression mm-hmm. and the happy, like you said, the highs and the lows in the moment because you can just quickly shoot off a message. Ah, oh, I love yes. that. Yes. Yes. Um, and that kind of leads into favorite things. So that's my last question. Um, is there something that's just, like, lighting you up right now it can be silly it can be serious it can be major it can be minor anything that you just are loving
1: yeah i think you know what i don't know if it's age andrea i don't know if it's age but i feel like moments and memories over stuff you know especially i don't know if it's the time of the year because we're getting close to holiday season and consumerism is everywhere and um (laughs) i yes it's everywhere that i'm loving anything that allows me to have moments and memories with um, people that matter to mm-hmm. me because i'm gonna remember that over the stuff, yeah, so there I mean, so it's just little things like that um that I am enjoying mm-hmm. and, and doing those things. um I love travel, I feel like travel is a form of self care for yeah. me, I love going to new places and learning new things and mm-hmm. trying new, meeting new people um I'm grateful that I have a wonderlust partner that yeah. he likes to travel and um is not afraid like we don't do the chains we're gonna go where it's local people locally owned yeah. um we yeah, we believe in supporting other businesses of color like all of that matters to us, so I just love um times to just even just take little getaways to yeah. just go and see so we're planning something even now for December instead of kind of over Christmas, like you know, not stuff but less memories, which will be yeah. fun, so
0: yeah, I yeah. Love that. Yeah, it is the season of
1: right? figuring out what
0: you really want, I think, for yes. Christmas. Yes.
1: yes. Well, I just couldn't love you
0: more. I'm and so grateful
1: <laughs> for you. I'm like, I was smiling. I'm like, I wish they could see how you danced through your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. And there needs to be a video version because you 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 are um, you create safe and brave spaces. And I am so grateful just for that our paths have crossed. I'm so grateful for what you you do, and this is, your podcast is more, it's healing. It is healing. They don't even know I've cried like a thousand tears while we've been talking because, and I'm like, I didn't even wake up with tears in my soul, yeah. but <laughs> it's, it's the Andrea effect. You're going <laughs> to dance, have a couple tears, but um, I'm so grateful for what you bring into the earth and into uh, my life.
0: And I know how genuine you are, and so it just means absolutely the world to me to yeah. hear those words from you and write back at you a million yeah. fold. Um, So thank you for being here. You will be a gift to everyone that listens. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to be super honest. I have been wanting to ask Shannon to come on the podcast since the very first time I was aware of her. But I thought she is so major and so huge and so successful and has a huge following that surely she won't want to come on my little bitty podcast and then shannon emailed me i nearly fell off my chair she wanted to ask me about how i make my podcast she saw me and reached out she sees people and their particular reason for being. We met and clicked and have had several incredible conversations since, um, to the point where I would definitely call her a friend. And I tell you this to exemplify how much of the real deal Shannon is. She's legit, you guys. We can all learn from her to look up to those who we perceive as having more success than us, to look to either side of us to see who we perceive as on our kind of so called level, and to look further outside of our circle to see those that might be visibly invisible. Every single person, everyone has their own music to play and is waiting to be listened to, especially those people who seem like they have every little thing together reach out, send a card, touch their shoulder, open a space where they feel comfortable to talk. As Shannon shows us so well, we need each other at every stage, age and place. Okay, so go take the middle seat next to a leader and that means anyone. You are sure to find a human right there with nuances and feelings and superpowers.